Hello, everyone, and welcome out to episode 359, Stranger Things. Uh, we go in Stranger Things 1, but uh, it was really about 2 and a whole lot of shit you didn't <laughs> ask for. But I think it's really fascinating. So before we get into that... Let's talk about, be sure to check out Packrat Comics. Go to packratcomics.com or check out our show notes for more info. Also, you can uh, support us. Maybe get some Harry Potter books or <laughs> <laughs> you want buy the original Jaws by uh, that Brentley guy. Bentley guy, sure, whatever. But either way, if you do that, it's throw some love to us. That means green people. Um, get over 200,000 titles to choose from from Audible. That's where it's at. You can sign up for a three-day trial with a free audiobook of your choice by going to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbaggeeky. Don't use that nerdish shit. Nerdist Pod or WTF Pod. Go to Good Bad Geeky as your Audible trial. I just bought uh, three new books on Audible today. Did you really? Yep. What, what books were they? Um, Ready Player One, <gasps> because Colleen was telling me it was so good. And then I got Neil Gaiman's new um, Norse Gods title. Ooh. And okay. I don't remember what the third one is. Folks, that is all available on Audible. Again, over 200,000 titles to mm-hmm. choose from. And uh, good, audibletrial.com forward slash Good Bad Geeky. Also, check out the magically unauthorized Misadventures of Rocking Boy at GBG Presents pod.com by the time this is up you've missed an amazing show at mad lab so uh I'm hoping it was amazing. <laughs> and then also, do you know that we are proud members of the It's All Been Done Presents Network? This is the one I thought we were going to read last episode, so that's why I wasn't mentally prepared for how depressing <laughs> it was. Feel like you're not able to keep up to date with the world of sports? The One Sports Show has you covered. Words are hard. Take a drink. Join John and Jeff, two former sportscasters, as they discuss current topics, obscure sports like shin kicking, historical sporting events, and stats like you've never even thought to look up. Release weekly. Listeners can call to leave rants, criticisms, or new topic ideas at 614 614- Three nine eight three two four three. It's all been done anyway. So check out ibdpresents.com. I had to look down for that one. I felt really shameful. And please support all our programming at patreon.com forward slash ibd. And if you see something that you don't see offered on Patreon, leave a comment, email Jimmy, and he will definitely add it because he's on the ball. We have the amazing Cat McAlpine. Did I say it right? I always mess up people's last names. So I'm yeah, getting weird. Okay, Cat McAlpine. That's oh, me. Jesus God. Oh, Eric. I always fuck up his last name. Sternberg. Sternberger. Sternberger. I always think Sternberger. I don't know why no. that is. It's it's like if your dad had been turned into a burger and you just came home late, folks. That parentheses <laughs> will be closed in roughly an, an hour. hour. Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to know what parentheses are, stay tuned. It's going to be great. We're, we'll talk about that. You know what? We'll, yeah. we'll just. Have you bring it up at a random time? Sure. Sure. Drink when it happens. Uh, drink, drink, drink. Actually, you know what? Yeah. Drink when it happens. Anytime I mention Inception, drink when it happens. Um, I need to do a new episode of the drinking game with other people and just not where we drink, but just where we discuss the rules because you're God. All right, Kat, you got to go to record this episode with me yep, real quick. Sure do. Time travel's a bitch. Time travel's a bitch. <laughs> Hello. Episode 359 of Good, the Bad, the Geeky, Stranger Things with Kat McCope. <laughs> so excited because we got Ooh. we got you here i'm here and, we, and we're gonna talk straight as you heard in the intro yes because which uh, already happened which already happened i know how this works now <laughs> cat mcalpine podcast master that's right master <laughs> master uh, uh and we're but we're gonna talk stranger things mm-hmm. and um 
Uh, I'm sorry to ask. Now, do you consider that to be a poop emoji, or do you consider it to be what it was originally, which is a chocolate ice cream emoji? Oh my god. Okay, you're gonna enjoy this. I, it's it's a poop emoji. So here. Okay. I work at an undisclosed location. Understandable, an, as do I. For an undisclosed company, mm-hmm. and um, I work in the marketing department as an assistant. And we have offices all over the country. Right. However, for my particular marketing division, my bosses are all remote. Their boss is remote. But then the boss above them, the vice president of our division... Works with in your office. His office is like two feet from my cubicle, right? So I live in terror and fear the other day, like when he rounded the corner and I was watching a Jennifer Lawrence interview. <laughs> Which one? Was it the one where she was on Jimmy Kimmel? She yes. was running the show? Yes. I see. I don't like Kim Kardashian enough to watch that, but I watched, her, her, I watched her, her uh, opening monologue. It was really I good. I thought it was good, too. Yeah. yeah. God bless. I'm like... The 1% of the population that's still on the Jennifer Lawrence train, but... Look, I think she's a good actress. Do I... I I do think it's interesting. I mean, and there's nothing... Oh, man. I just sound like a dick. I feel like... I'm very proud that she's very pro-whatever, but Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like she's like, it's okay that I... No, no, that's no, that, that no, that's it's sexist. I'm just gonna stop. I'm gonna stop because... Okay. Well, no, she, she was like, she was like made a joke on Graham Norton about how she, uh... Vera was kind of proud by the fact that she was sleeping around, and then right before the Oscars, she just had an abortion or something like that. It, was, it came off that way, and I don't think she was joking. I've never heard that. It, it, it's That's a, it, crazy. Here's the thing. I said all that in probably four sentences. Mm-hmm. She said it in probably two, mm-hmm. and... And you don't know, and, and and thing is, is nobody I think caught up on it, and I don't know. I was like, that's kind of a because she's talking about how she was walking up to the Oscars and she tripped and fell, mm-hmm. and she said, yeah, because my mind wasn't there when that happened because I was thinking about, you know, am I pregnant or not? I think I got it taken care of, but I'm not sure. And I'm just like what? that to me. I was like, what in the world? It's a Graham Norton interview, and, I, and it's one of the four or five she did in the last year because she had so many movies come out. Yeah, I have like I, I I feel like I'm yeah. I'm just gonna stop though because that's not fair because you know guys can do all that shit too, and that's well, not fair. Well, yeah. I just like um. I do like Jennifer Lawrence, though, and I will t- back her. Yeah, Wait, sorry. okay, let me let me weird. wrap up. Hold on. I've got to end okay. all the parentheses now. This is like doing algebra. Okay, so like <laughs> first we're going to end the Jennifer Lawrence parentheses, which is um, I feel like we trained her to be a monster. Like, God bless her. She is exactly what I am like in like one-to-one conversations as far as like okay. I told a funny joke or like, ah, boy humor, you know, and I like I recognize that compulsion in her. Okay. And I think that she says a lot of things that like I would say in front of my friends and we'd all understand that it's not meant to be, be serious. Ba- yeah. Well, yeah, to be it's not it's not meant to be uh, hurtful. But she is on national so television, television she, which makes it it's is not completely fair to different. It's a different dialogue. Yeah. Is all, and that's a skill. However, when she became famous, we rewarded her for that behavior, and now it's the only way she knows how to interact. And I 100% believe I'm like obsessed with celebrity interviews. I watch them all the time because. It's another character that is not it is. like it's a performance. That's yeah, it is a performance. Just like a job interview is a type of performance. So I think they're really interesting, and that is the character we have taught her to play, and that's like the wall between her and the rest of the world. So, so to pin on this a little bit, and then we will mm-hmm. parentheses we'll end the we'll end the equation. <laughs> um, I love him dearly, but because he doesn't like that, mm-hmm. but at the same time he understands it. Be, watch any interview with Craig Ferguson. 
Yeah. And it's pure gold because the first thing he does is he, well, when he was the talk show host, he's mm-hmm. now he's a radio show host. He would rip up the cards and throw them behind him and halfway, because he just wants to talk to you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want your PR bullshit. Yeah. Which that is fascinating. So like, I think Robert Downey Jr., once he became Robert Downey Jr. that mm-hmm. we all know and love, he's not been back on the show because I don't think he like because he's just there, I'm here to sell product and Craig doesn't want to do that. He's like, he'll be like, oh yeah, uh, the mo- let's talk about the movie real quick. Uh, you're doing this... Iron Man 3, congratulations. All right, everybody, thanks for, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. Matter of fact, my favorite ones are, the, who play well with them, Kristen Bell's one of them, but the girl who plays Gamora, uh, Zoe uh, Saldana. Yes. Yeah, matter of fact, one point, she came on the show pregnant, I think it was between Guardians 1 and 2, she was pregnant mm-hmm. with her second kid, and Craig, randomly, because he did a bit about the craft table, because he's a veg, veg, he's vegetarian or mm-hmm. vegan, I can't remember which one. He's like, but they have, so this is all I have, and it's a bunch of sweets, and then someone put prime rib on it. And so, first thing, she's like, I am so hungry. So she starts eating during the interview, and, <laughs> and it's a very real moment, And but part of her is in a character mm-hmm. of her real self, mm-hmm. but she can play with it. And right. she's also, I don't know, some people, and I get it, they go, you want me to talk about what I really feel and think. Yeah. I can't do that. And I'm he, promoting something. I'm promoting yeah. something and I get that too. And he would always end with the classic, uh, uh, would you like to win 20, 25 extra dollars because we pay you so cheaply in quarters? <laughs> answer this question. What's the capital of Iceland? And he, he answers Reykjavik, but if you give a different answer, he'll still give you the money anyway. So or he'll funny. go, you want to do smell my finger? Uh, no. <laughs> wait, 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 he doesn't really know. He just, he just sits there. Best one's Tina Fey because Tina goes all in. But mm-hmm. it was like, I think, two months before he left. So we mm-hmm. never got Tina Fey on there again. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So yes. um, so ending dinner for Lawrence <laughs> and now ending marketing, which we just kind of R- touched R- on. Marketing. The VP of our division is yeah. in my on my floor yes. right next to my cube. So we end up doing a lot of extra work. Like our wing of marketing assistants ends up doing a lot of extra work because he runs the department kind of. And he's the boss that always comes. It's like, hey, we're not doing this. I need you to do this. He's my boss's boss's boss. Exactly. So I did this like whole string of video projects for him, kind Mm -hmm. of like extracurricular on top of my own work. And I'm paid like hourly with a cap. So like if I work over my weekly hours. It's like salary, but you're not. Yeah. So I can't work more than X number of hours and I don't get paid for extra work I do. But I did a bunch of extra work on this project. Mm -hmm. So he does this big like wine and dine like, thank you so much for doing this project. And it was like good for me to get to know him better and get my name out in the company by doing this video project, which I worked on for like a month. There were like four different videos. So he says, well, we'll make sure that you get thanked for your work. Well, we work in the marketing department, which is kind of like working inside the toy chest at your dentist's office. We have the weirdest (laughs) shit Always. So we have like okay, because I was waiting for the twist, and, and now I'm just like, oh, I'm yeah, really excited about like, it. All we have is swag, like not swag for us, but for sales reps and brands. You guys get to play with and, it and mess around with it. Well, we don't, but it belongs to this VP, and his his gotcha. assistant literally holds the keys to the castle. But um, okay, so we are like all good our office. Like I opened a drawer once, and there was like a Call of Duty. Xbox 360 game unwrapped and we just like that's not rare you just open drawers and find very strange stuff that was bought for one reason or another a gag or a gift or a promotion so um, my gift for doing untold extra hours of work was his assistant was supposed to arrange a thank you gift for me so he just pulled a couple of random items out of the dentist toy chest and was like which one would you like and the options were oh no 
a talking <laughs> toilet paper roll, which did bad impressions of Trump. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's really good. Yeah. A dirty party card game, which I felt uncomfortable viewing in the workplace. Um, <laughs> uh, Shakespeare bandages. Okay, okay. Or in... Again, I'm an adult person with a job, and I worked extra hours for free, and this was my reward. <laughs> and a oh, I know this poop here. emoji set, which was a large pillow, a large keychain, and a small keychain. So I carry the poop emoji keychain now on my keys as a reminder that sometimes life is just shitty. The same way that I keep the key from the first night I closed, I used to work at a food chain, which I will also not name. Yep. And uh, the I've first night I ever horrible. closed the store on my own, I snapped the key off in the door before locking it, and it was 3 a.m., and I called my boss, and he said, just leave it. <laughs> Hopefully no one breaks uh, no, that, in. No, that's that's pretty awesome. I hope. Uh, that's awesome that you kept that. And you know what? That's that, that's symbolic, I feel. <laughs> I think so, too. That's pretty good. I'm sorry that that's what they gave you the poop okay. emoji thing. I mean, uh, uh, I'm surprised. Okay. like that. <laughs> I'm surprised the part. Well, actually, it is probably the best one there. My, what was your What was your second option? I have a guess. The Shakespeare band. I was going to say be that because option, you, right? you, you to me are like, because like everyone in Mad Lab that we're friends with, like Colleen, Laura, Kyle, I don't, not say that they wouldn't, I just don't. Ever, I've never heard of them doing Shakespeare, mm. and I know you've rocked Shakespeare a few times. I have, it's my and life. right, and so that's why I'm just like, she would totally take the Shakespeare <laughs> ones. And then halfway th in my thought process, when you were saying that up, I was like, oh, and I was like, she's gonna take the Shakespeare. Oh no, that's the. Uh, I felt really so bad. So I have a giant. I have a giant. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, I view it as the poop emoji. Nick was it, asking about yes. the keychain on my keys on the table. Wait, wait. See, you're doing an excellent job as an actual radio host. Because in case they happen to skip ahead, which I don't know why you would. Fuck you. But you're like. So as you've heard, that's why we're talking about the keychain. You open the parentheses and I'll fucking close I them. I, we, we also call that uh, inceptioning the conversation here because it's some great movie. Uh, great, which is a great movie. Well, I, I always feel like sometimes we, I, and I'm, I like it because it, I think it's more conversa I, mm -hmm. conversational. It is, it is, uh, it is. So, and I enjoy it. But then sometimes though, we go too far down the path and it's just like, where are oh we? shit, where are we? <laughs> and then it's just like trying to figure out, wait, duh, duh, duh. All right, we've inceptioned the conversation. We're back. <laughs> we're, 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 or are we? Oh. oh. Um, so. <laughs> You know what? I should make that a rule. If I talk about Inception Conversation, uh, those playing the drinking game, which is however many episodes ago, you take a drink. But uh, we're here to talk about Stranger Things, and uh, I'm not going to lie. You were the you were the first person that I saw that finished it. Yeah. And um, I saw other people finish it, but like I know I would see you eventually at some point. Mm -hmm. enough, and I was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast on it? And thank God you said yes. So um, my coworker last night, she's like, did you finish it? Yeah. You're the first person I get to... In, ta, ta, ta. Ta, 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 yeah, come on. And she's like, oh, it was good. It just, I don't know, I just don't like to talk. I was like, you're the only... Shit, because my wife, I was telling you before we recorded, mm -hmm. my wife didn't remember anything from season one. We went back, we rewatched season one. So that's fresh in my head, which is nice. And then I already see how season two, and now we're, I think, the first episode into season two mm -hmm. with my wife. So, But I can't talk to her about it. And she's asking me questions like... Does that guy like okay? You know what? I'll just say something. She just said mm -hmm. when she's watching her friend was watching season two, and she's like, "I don't like that cop." And my first thought was like, "Hopper, 
Hopper, I love Hopper. Hopper's I mean, everything. he he he's made some mistakes. Sure, like all good characters. Haven't we all? Haven't we all? Like no, but you know, parenting is not easy. And well, Nona Ryder he... should not be a fucking parent. Well, that might be true. <laughs> uh, but okay, you know what? Someone have you got to interact with the Wheeler boys much? The Wheeler brothers. What? Uh, uh, Sean Wheeler and Scott Wheeler. Like in, you mean in real, real people in Columbus? Yes, in, real... in the city we live in. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, and, not the Duffer brothers. No, but, that's what I thought you were saying, and I was like, did sorry. I get their name wrong? I no, no, no. You're, no, I have not. Or no, as, it wasn't as, them. I'm sorry. It was Travis. Becky, Becky's husband, Travis. Uh, Travis Horst. Yeah, yeah, he was talking about how to introduce characters, and I said, is this for plot purposes? Oh, right, or whatever. Right, right. And I posted, because I was watching the other day, and I was studying the opening of Stranger Things, mm. and my first instinct in those first, after outside of Will being taken, but before he gets taken, it sets up all those characters wonderfully. Mm. And but it's they're bouncing stuff off of each other. And like in Joyce, my first thought was and I didn't say it there was was like Jonathan cares for his family. He's almost actually kind of the real parent mm-hmm. um, because Joyce is not a good parent. But mm-hmm. he's making them breakfast. He's really cares about his brother and his mom. His mom, before she even realizes Will is gone, is kind of freaking the fuck out. She's very high tension eccentric. Yeah. And but I was like, that's a really good introduction for those characters. So anyway, that was why I was for some reason I thought it was the Wheeler brothers that were talking in on Facebook. Uh, not the Duffer brothers who actually wrote it. <laughs> Sorry, that was on my my phone. No, I, I think I commented on uh, our our friend Travis is yeah. you know, like everyone we know, multidimensionally artistic. Yes, he is. Uh, which means he's not just an incredible actor, but he also writes and he has a graphic novel series called Amiculous. Thank you. I've seen it, but haven't said it out loud. I got the with omnibus because I mouth. I supported it on Kickstarter. Oh, crap. You, I missed the download window for mine. God, was it? Um, well, you know. <laughs> I did fund his Kickstarter, and then he was in a reminder email. Make you, sure you It's like you this. don't know someone. Actually, I mean, you know somebody else, too, Travis. Uh, but it's not like you know someone else who would. Hey, hey could you get me that hot, illegal PDF <laughs> of our friend's graphic novel? Only, be, only because <laughs> I do know that you have backed it on Kickstarter. I, I did. So, I yes, did. I will. You. You're welcome. But if um, you weren't, I would not give it to you because that's against the law. Also, you should buy it yourself and support Travis because that is true, it's yeah. an amazing uh, series about the fall of Rome. And I, I love but history. Yes, yeah, Travis writes lots of stuff and I'm sure he's working on seven new graphic novels and a screenplay right now and he had posted on Facebook asking about how to do exposition tactfully if people had struggled with it. Yes. And I believe that I commented that I think all reading experiences should be confusing and scary and there should be no exposition. <laughs> because which, that's, which is hard. And I know <laughs> true, what you're saying, true. though. It should it was, seem like it's not there. It was kind of a joke, but I'm such a big fan of world building and getting dropped into that world mm-hmm. versus like here are the things and how they work like I think Westworld was really good at world building and dropping you in and then slowly yes. explaining it's not like Game of time. Thrones where it's like you're swimming you're swimming you're going to drown <laughs> yeah. and then about four episodes and you're like and this is horrible I would the first season of that show was mm-hmm. Sean Bean the little dude yep. and the bastard yep. and that's how I knew people and their family it should <laughs> honestly like a really tacky like spy optical overlay when you when a character pops up on the screen in Game of Thrones it should pause and then tell you their stats like here is his name here is what he has done here's why we hate him and then continue <laughs> yeah because i tried reading the books and i got halfway through the second game of thrones book and i just Thank God I'd seen the show because I'm an avid reader and I'm not stupid, but you had I'd time. be like, who the flip flap is this person? You can say fuck. Fuck, fuck, I've, fuck, fuck, fuck. I have never cursed in my life. 
You are correct. You are correct. Um, I'm sure there aren't some bloopers where you're freaking out on the floor, not cussing at all. Listen, <laughs> which in that specific video clip that you are referencing, I do not curse. You don't. Okay, I swear to God, I thought you did. No, I, moment, I apologize. A moment of that has been quoted many times amongst our friends, but I will not repeat it here. Okay. Um, <laughs> I swear to God, I've heard you cuss before. Um, and I'm not talking about on stage either, but I, digr- I digress. It's I curse blue. incessantly. It's blue. It's blue. blue. That's my favorite. Anytime if I could write for you, and I, I threw that into, that into this one script that no one else knows what we're talking about, so it's an inside joke, but Super the world secret. is an inside joke. Yeah. yeah. But I, I put it in there, I was like, what are your thoughts? And I just put that in there just for you. It's like, I don't like it because it's blue. And, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. It doesn't add to the character, though, so sadly for time it might be cut, but uh, it, made, it made me happy happy anyway see inception and Ex- inception. exposition Position. world building is great world, yes it and is and stranger things does that well. okay now now let's we'll talk about that a little bit because stranger things i think does a good job of world building but it also kind of follows the <laughs> i panicked because i had an ice cube i was like i can't talk with an ice cube in my mouth so I'm gonna have to do something. No, it's so. a. It, it, you guys can't see this, but she took a drink, and every time she takes a drink, because she is a professional, she turns away from the microphone and sips and drinks. And the thing is, you look fucking classy doing it too. <laughs> it's not like me where I'm just like, okay, that was good, but you can't hear me set the bo- the thing down. Like I'm sure Monday's last episode, you could probably hear tons of of this weird bottle sound. And then that's me um, outside of the of the battery I'm fucking with on the table. Um, but no, she's classy, very daintily moves over to the side, pinky I feel like it's a pinky up even though I didn't see it. Sure, sure. And then and then I just hear go and now I thought you were spitting water back up and you spit a, an ice cube back up. It's quite it's quite classy. It's quite good. So thank you. But, um, well, I grew up in the Tazan Day era of the, internet. The Tazan Day. You no, know Tazan Day? I do not. Chocolate Rain? Oh, I move my I mouth away rain. from the mic so that I can breathe, is which is a part of Chocolate Rain. Chocolate Rain. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, I know, yeah. What, I was trained before I was ever put in front of a microphone. Thanks, Tay. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. So they kind of, I feel, borrow from Hitchcock. I, I feel it's really more classic Hitchcock, but in terms of contemporary standards, I almost also feel like it's Mystery Box, J.J. Abrams' Mystery Box, which is, what's the upside down? And you don't really get a good sense of it up until the last two episodes of season one. And season two, I mean, they kind of employ the same thing. Well, no, actually, no. They bust that out a lot sooner because of Will. So um, if you're living under a rock, which is a shame, Stranger Things starts off about being the disappearance of Will Byers, and he just disappears after riding home from playing, hanging out with his friends, Mike, Lucas, and Dustin. Boom. Crushed it. Crushed it. It took me delay. You know what? Take <laughs> a drink for that delay. And, and then his, Will's mom, Joyce, freaks out. Her other son, older son, old way big brother, Jonathan, is concerned. Then there's Mike's older sister, Nancy, and her boyfriend, Steve, and they're doing a thing. And then there's good friend, Barb, who also disappears. And, I mean, spoiler alert, Barb dies, which makes me sad. Jesus. I'm sorry. You, like, see what I do there? Right. Bomb yeah, drop. but why would anyone be watching the Stranger or listening to the Stranger Things two podcast if they hadn't seen Stranger Things? People are why? fucking weird, cats. <laughs> uh, uh, they okay. just love the sweet baritone of your voice, yeah. the sultry sound of my voice. <laughs> 
Today here we're going to talk about Stranger Things with me as Cat, and we're going to talk about how. And we're also big fans of the Hop. You like the Hop? Everyone loves the Hop. Hopper. Yeah, Hopper. We're talking about Hopper here. Hippity hoppity. Hippity hop. Nice, nice. That's <laughs> a you. that's a. I don't know if you know that's a Jay Ward reference. Oh, is it? Yeah, that there's just, a there's a, a frog animated original uh, hap, uh, hippity. Oh, fuck, now I can't get it. Anyway, hippity hopper is a frog character. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sorry, I broke character there. We're <laughs> taking a drink again, <laughs> and there was no pinky up. People, I saw this time there was no pinky. But again, looking. <laughs> <laughs> the next time Nick asks me if I want a fucking water before I come do a podcast, I'm gonna say, "Go fuck yourself." No, no, please do. No, I. That's that's that. That would be cruel <laughs> if I did not at least a offer and then b if if, if I could tell. I'll come with my own Camelback so I can just hydrate very surreptitiously. Yeah, but then what will happen is you'll pull it out and water will just go. <laughs> 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 that's why I've never. I've done it one time and I said I'd never do it again and I forget why I did it. I think it was my lawnmower. We had I had to siphon gas tank out because I, well I couldn't drive uh-huh. and I had to get it done or I'd be in trouble. Uh-huh. So I just was like, like that, and then gas kept spitting out. Suburban badass, what up? Uh, sure. That's right. That's right. That's right. I was uh, I was a badass in high school. <laughs> <laughs> the sweet oh, sultry sound of of taking that gasoline oh yeah and i used it to combat hawkins lab <laughs> boom fuck hawkins lab oh my god okay so season okay. one yeah so season one hawkins lab oh fuck we're all over the place it's okay it's okay no season one uh Hawkins Lab, there's this place, Hawkins Lab, they tease you with they might be behind the disappearance of Will, and they are by proxy, which is they created, uh, they kind of kidnapped these children against the parents' will, um, mm-hmm. where the parents would sign up for testing, they would then birth a child, they'd take the child, and then fuck the moms up. we only seen one of them for sure, but we can only assume they only did that to the other ones. Mm-hmm. And they made these children with powers. And season one, we only know of 11, but she's 11. She goes by a tattoo, and so she goes by 11 you or L. You assume there are at least 10 other children. Exactly. That's very well said, Kat. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I would take five more paragraphs to say that. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, so the kids find 11, and they're looking for Will at the same time. And it, this whole thing blows up. And the, and Hopper is the typical cop who has one of my favorite sayings. I'm trying to get my wife to – she does the cups. I want to get – uh, he's like, mornings are for coffee and contemplation, flow, Coffee and contemplation. Because <laughs> I was like, that's a great quote you put on yeah, a coffee mug. That's a good coffee um, mug quote. But Hopper is kind of in his own little world. He's the typical small town cop, you think. And then he, he his growth is that he starts to believe everything that's shitty that's happening in, in the town of Hawkins. And then season two picks up. Oh, dear God. I'm just rambling on forever. Uh, season two. Uh, picks up where season one left off, which is where did Eleven go? The the Demogorgon is dead. Oh right, yeah. So um, <laughs> so yeah, we're back on season two. There's now, something so. called the Demogorgon. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That, I've completely forgot well, that. Actually, would li- you like listen, to would you it, like to explain? Sure. You're going to do way better than me. Sure, I'm fucking that's this not up. true. <laughs> okay, so basically, the story centers around four young boys, one of whom has disappeared, and yes. their immediate family. There's something going weird in their small town. Would you home say in it's Indiana. strange? Something strange, yeah, and, and there's there are things that are strange. Yeah, in this, fact, they're the stranger. Um, incredible, incredible. We've made such progress here. <sighs> I'm sorry, so, well, I interrupted you. That's the problem. <laughs> no, no, it was totally <laughs> worth it. Um, yeah, so 
it turns out that this lab, which has been testing on children to make them um, basically like super soldiers, give them uh, psychic powers, that sort of channeling of energy has attracted some other beings in the universe and a rift has been torn between two worlds Mm -hmm. so there exists this place called the upside down which is an alternate reality kind of what i find really interesting is when the camera pans from like our our plane of existence to To the the upside upside down, down yeah cars are parked where they are in the other it's like a reflection it's that classic like dark world reflection Mm -hmm. because but they never go over the rules specifically on that we don't know what the rules are but I find it very interesting because it's like this decrepit reflection of the world but it's not like uh, if you've ever read um, The Long Earth which is I I have no okay well it's not like it's an exact replica of our World. Uh, world without anything that has happened there, if that makes sense. Like, the roads are where the roads are, the houses are where the houses are. So it's to the minute updated, but just with things, not with people. So houses and cars are all there, yeah. but they're, like, covered in a cobwebby darkness. I don't understand which, what the rules which, are, because nothing like. moves Nothing moves when you're in the Upside Down except the creatures. Um, that are already uh, yeah, from that plane. Exactly, but, like... So if there's a car parked on this is I really noticed this during the trick or treating episode. Yeah. So if that car is parked there on the street and then it moves, is Will going to encounter that car somewhere else? Does it only like carbon copy when you enter into the upside down? That's if a someone good else enters the upside down at a different time, is that car no longer going to be there? Does that make sense? No, no, question? it totally does. And I, now, now here's the question with that. I find that to be interesting world building because that's more things that we can learn down the line and mm-hmm. I want to know about it. Mm-hmm. I don't look at it as a plot hole at all. Mm-hmm. Some people might because they, they didn't explain it, but I look at it as like, those are questions because the characters don't know, yeah. we don't know. Matter we, of fact, I don't think Eleven would get it either. We just don't even know what the Upside Down is still. We don't. And then there's this other plane of existence where the psychics are able to communicate with each other, where they go in this dark... It's I guess oh, it's, it's a representation it's, it's, of her closing her eyes and reaching out to people It's in the space in between, which they talk about in the first season, which mm-hmm. I completely forgot they talk about, which is the... the uh, what is, It's the something in the flea. It's the acrobat in the flea. Oh, right. Which is the flea can go up and down down between the lines. So that place, I think, is the rope. Mm-hmm. The line where it's like it's in between up and down. Okay. Um, and, well, I think... I, that's why I'm remembering it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was like... The teacher shows up in season two. I was like, oh, he was a waste in season one. Why? I, I, I'm glad they, they haven't... He doesn't die. Mm-hmm. But but especially when it was going towards Gremlinville mm-hmm. a little bit, I was afraid because the professor... The teacher in... The science teacher in Gremlins dies. The Gremlin sticks the needle in his butt and kills him. Mm. And so I was afraid. I was like, I remember him being a, a nice guy. I just don't, I don't, he wasn't really in the season that much. And he's kind of in it more than I remember because he talks about the acrobat and the flea. They call him up. He's like, how do we do the weird science thing? Like if we want to do Season one, it. he's their conduit into yes. like that, all of the theoretical behind the upside which, down. Which is cool, but I completely forgot that. Yeah. And so on season two, um, I don't think he's wasted, but I, I've said that he didn't do more. He's useless he's in season right two. Yeah. He only exists as like, he's already a part of the world they've Do you built. remember season one? Is kind of the, do you remember season one? He was there. He's yeah, still remember, there. Remember, yeah. And they do the same thing with um, D&D. They uh, don't play D&D in season yeah. two. I, I watched... Um, because I watched Friday night after Stranger Things came out, I sat on my couch and I watched it start to finish. At some point, my boyfriend stood up and said, I'm going to like go outside because I feel like I should 
do something. Do you want to come to the bars with me? And I said, no. I'm going to watch Beyond Stranger Things. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yes. I so, totally called that. So I finished That's Stranger Things. And then it just like, Netflix did this cruel, cruel thing that they normally work against in which it auto-played another show. And it started you started Beyond Stranger Things. So I watched like the first two or three episodes before yeah. I was like, I don't have any emotional capacity for this. But um, they... Uh, Will Byers, not Will. The actor, Noah Schnapp, or no, the other Mike. one, the, Mike. Yeah, thank you. the Finn Wolfhard. Yes, the most badass name of all time. If he doesn't head a metal band in his life, I will be. He so actually does play music. Of course, he. Of course, they all do because they're all more well, talented than I am. Oh, Incredible. What, whatever. We're all equally talented. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. The different. The difference is that we don't have a TV show. Come on now. You are Im- but you insanely talented. That's a radio show. Oh, that's right. And where's your radio show at? Finn Woofucker. I'm oh, sorry. Let's that not was... try to fight a 13-year-old so... boy over the Actually, internet. No, no, no. He he got I feel horrible. Sorry. Weird inception tangent. Uh in parentheses. Uh, Nick is making parentheses with I am, his hands. I'm hand with my now. hands you can't see it cuz it's, it's like so I've great. taught him a tactic and now he's going <laughs> to so use it. I am. <laughs> so a quick algebra problem. <laughs> Uh, no, no, but I feel bad. I saw it because I work weird hours. I work at night usually. There was a weird thing where people were talking about how apparently some 30-year-old was waiting outside his hotel and started screaming at him, and he kind of went on Twitter and kind of flipped his shit. Yeah. And and I and my first thing, I, was like, I felt really bad for him. And so you have a bunch of stupid people doing stupid shit like that. Uh, somehow that was going to tie into what I we read an about. adjacent article um, about... Sophie, what's her last name from Game of Thrones, oh, who plays Sansa, yes. who also tweeted about that incident. But the point was, they're kids, and we should leave them alone. Right. Like, so, I, so I meant that really in no. Yeah, of course, I, this is of all course, in yeah. jest. Yeah. Because fuck that person outside the hotel room. That is totally not oh, cool. Oh, that's so creepy. Yeah. Now, and this, I, you know what? Let me hang my shame flyer out. This is like I'm 10 ready. years ago. So Millie Bobby Brown is a wonderfully talented, just like the other, the boys. Mm-hmm. But, um, there are other people also because th- this led to the sexualization of the the boys and the girls mm-hmm. of the show. And my first thought was like, she's pretty, but that's where I draw the line. But right. ten years ago, I'm stupid Nick Blizzard brain boy boy keyword there. I was like, and some older fifty six year old man's like, uh, what's her name? Is it Emma? Emma from- Watson. Emma Watson is fucking sexy as yeah. shit. And this is right when she was seventeen in the six Harry Potter movie. And I was, and I just said, yeah, yeah, she's 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 kind of hot. But, and I just left it there, and he was talking about he wanted to, like, do other... I'm Ugh. like, uh, uh, that's weird to me. Yeah. But I said, yeah, I agree. And so that was my... That's my shame flag, because... That's okay. It is. I, I crossed over the line. But I'm not doing it now. Especially not now. I've learned. I've learned. I've learned, but I've got so much more to go. The um, science of the upside down, I think, yes, is how we got there. I think there. we were talking yes. about parked cars in the parked upside cars. down. Parked cars. But I, I like that a lot, because you... <laughs> Wait. Boom. Bring it back now, y'all. I, I really like how the parked cars are. <laughs> no, but it's true. I really do like... Because that was... I, in season one, I was, it made me even more aware of it because outside of the Halloween scene, it, it feels very brief in retrospect. While in season two, when Joyce and Hopper and even Nancy is walking through the upside down and through the through the middle of town, mm-hmm. like the cars are just parked there and they're there for a while. I mean, that's they get well through going through town. And so it is one of those weird... Oh, this is bizarre because if Jonathan and Nancy get in the car to drive somewhere else, or Steve drives, and we need to talk about Steve, man. 
I, oh, oh boy. Wait. Okay, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that's really interesting, and I feel it's a nice way to world build because they set up this beautiful universe that we have no, we don't know the rules of because mm. the characters don't know the rules of. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Steve, uh, sorry. I, I had to say him because I love Steve. He is my favorite character on that show outside of Hopper. Actually, I liked all the boys in Eleven and Hopper, but I really fucking like, I hated Steve in the op- season yeah. one, and now I want Steve to do so good. Well, and you're fresh off of st- season one rewatch, so. Like, I felt that way before the completely, one. All I remembered at the start of season two was that we didn't like Steve, and we wanted Nancy and Jonathan to bang. And at the end of season one, they didn't, and it was super hurtful. So, um, <laughs> definitely. I mean, guys, that was some real hurt. She just, she was genuinely hurt. And that's important to. So, and like, here's the thing is like, the way that love triangles work is I always root for the guy who is not a dick. And that is never the True. guy the girl ends up with. That's like, the guy who was nice to her the whole time is never the one that she wants. And then she always ends up with the other one. So I was, sure. like, very classic. Like, I have been burned oh. once again by my favorite side of the triangle. Me too. And then they fixed it. But Steve, I couldn't... All I remembered was that he sucked dick. And... <laughs> it's not inaccurate. Uh, it's, not, it's not inaccurate. But he gets, like, real violent and shitty in season one. So when I when I rewatched it, because here's the thing, I remember at the end of it, I actually the way they had Steve came off was because they did he did the thing that those type of characters never do, which is he apologized for it and he genuinely felt bad. And then once he was a chicken shit and tried to leave the house, he then came back and for Nancy and Jonathan and kind of helped them burn the shit out of the Demogorgon and beat the shit out of it with a baseball bat with nails. Right. And so this is but I see I like Steve before. I rewatched season one. I already had that in my mind, but then I, I'm, I'm like, because I'm waiting for him to be the douchebag, especially in the trailer, the awesome thriller trailer. The only really shot you see of him is just like, kind of like rocking and being like 80s dick dude at a party. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, don't make Steve a, a jerk again, because I kind of, I don't love him, but I, I don't hate him anymore either. And then this season, like he, he's the probably the character with the most growth in the entire so- show, which is nice to me. Hopper's had growth too, but the thing you definitely see, like they really emphasize Steve's growth by introducing a new Steve, whose name is Billy. Yes, and I think that well, new Steve. Here's the thing: I think the Duffer Brothers, as they were writing, because all those '80s movies and Stephen King novels have that character, mm-hmm. and halfway through, kind of like what happened with Sean Astin, which we'll talk about. Uh, Bob the Brain too is that when they casted him they're like oh we actually kind of like him we want to keep him around so how can we make him and then but they wanted him to be that asshole who never changes and then maybe even unintentionally helps the bad guy at the end and then they kill him of course or Mm -hmm. he hopefully should die and then Steve the actor who plays him was just like oh no he's we kind of like him we don't want to let's actually make him not a douchebag Mm -hmm. And then, like, for example, I forgot that Billy's new friends, which was Steve's friends last season, I completely forgot that Steve kind of said, fuck you, stop talking to her and Jonathan like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't remember that at all. Because I was like, man, friend loyalty here. But so anyway. What they did with season two is yeah. with the introduction of Billy, there's a new threat to uh, Steve's like status basically as a man, which is why he beat the shit out of Jonathan in season one was because Jonathan was a threat to like... Well, his not just status. his status and also his girlfriend, but it was more exactly. status. He was- well, and that's what I mean by encroaching kind of on his girlfriend than he was a threat to his masculinity. But in mm-hmm. season two, 
Billy tries so fucking hard to get Steve to beat the shit out of him. And Steve's just like, I got bigger fish to fry. And I'm not which, really he, worried about which it. Which is nice because I, Steve and that first scene with Nancy, you also get us. And coming from a small town, there are people where, and I've only seen one other project do, which is the book I Love You, Beth Cooper. Because Beth Cooper realizes, like, this is where I peak. Mm. And I'm going to eat up all of it I can because, you know what? Then I'm going to be the person who gets married too early or probably gets pregnant early. Mm -hmm. And I don't get an education. I just kind of peter out here. Mm -hmm. And that first conversation with Steve is Dancy's grading his paper. And you already know from the first season, right? I just remember from his first season, his dad owns a business and he'll probably take it over. And he seems kind of, ha, 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 a college Mm -hmm. frat boy about it. This season, it's the other way around. He's like... I, I, he'll take the hit because he loves Nancy and mm-hmm. he'll, and he wants to be with her. And you know what? It can't be that bad. Cause I'm not good at this. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at learning. And you, and you just instantly go, Oh, you had a realization. This is where you peak, bro. <laughs> Maybe so right now. Um, and, and so by the time, and I think Steve is also, he's not cool with it, but he's understanding. He's like, look, she doesn't love me mm. and it hurts. It, t- but, it, and you really get to see his arc over that whole thing from like that drunken fight at the party where like I think a lot of people people who drink have had an interaction at a party like that not yeah. like oh my girlfriend doesn't love me but where somebody said something too truthful or was just drunk and being an asshole and you mm-hmm. just it doesn't matter how drunk or not drunk you are you, it's just it's a problem and it becomes a thing I yeah. mean for me, it was New Year's 2014. Um, <laughs> the last time I got blackout drunk, and I describe it as tried to burn every bridge I've ever walked on. Oh, man. It happens. No, it does. And, it does. And so, like, watching him work through that, where first he's mad, and then he, like, I love when he's walking up to her house, and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What am I sorry for? But he's got the flowers, and he's like, we're going to figure it out. And Like, he's willing to work on it, which, yeah. which is nice. And he, uh, like, directly confronts her about it too well she has to pull him aside but then he says you said you didn't love me do you love me and then just like there's nothing she just stares at him and can i also say watching the party scene watch without watching season one in a while my first thought was nancy's not giving me some good acting here because she's like this is bullshit this is just bullshit bullshit i was like okay but when we watch season one she says that a lot she's like this is bullshit and she's talking to jonathan about it so i was like oh it's actually a well, it's a good character moment. I yeah. just I just misinterpreted his bad acting. It's like, it's actually a valid because I was like, who says fucking it? This is bullshit over and over again. And she kind of says it peppered throughout the season, first season. I was like, god damn it. That's so her, I'm in the wrong. That's her raft that she's drunkenly hanging on to. It's the only way. Which, she, the only thing is, she has to say. Well, right, which is true. Mm-hmm. But and now it actually, I, I appreciate that scene way mm-hmm. more um, in terms of her performance. But mm-hmm. but oh man, and then the new power couple of the show. It's not. An act, it's friendship wise it's Dustin and Steve oh hell and, and that, yeah and, and by the way uh, I cried at the end because Steve knows he's probably not the greatest to give advice I don't think mm-hmm. but he is to, to him and he Dustin does his hair up real nice and he ha- and dude goes in big dick swinging at the knees <laughs> holding out his hand to the girl and gets shot down like and my times. heart yeah and I and my heart just like I was I started to tear up and then when you see him crying I was like Oh, don't do that because it's worse. And then Nancy came over, which I always thought Dustin liked her in the first seat. I'm starting to get mm-hmm. tear up now thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> I feel really bad. shit together. I know. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I'm feeling really sad right now. Uh, but season one, the first appearance of Nancy is Nancy's talking on the phone to Steve. Um, you don't know who he is. No, she's talking to Barb. And Dustin comes up and gives her the, hey, do you want a piece of pizza? Mm-hmm. 
because none of his other friends did that. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, he's going to, I like him already, but he's going to crush over her. And he, yeah. did, he didn't, thank God. I think he was they just They don't inclu- push it. They don't yeah. push it. And I think he was inclusive. I think he's just trying to be inclusive in retrospect. But then they had that really nice, sweet moment of, of her. She's like, you know, of all my, my brother's friends, I, you're the nicest. I like you. You're, you're cool. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, just, I just hope they don't make him that he falls for her. I don't know. Like well, and speaking it's, it's of, too of a sweet moment. Speaking of uh, Dustin, I think that you really get a peek into his life. Uh, well, maybe what the Duffer brothers' upbringing is like. All all of the adults are like incapable of rearing children, and half of them are just like anxiety bombs and the other half just want them out of the fucking house so they can live their own lives. And Dustin's mom and the cat and that Dustin has to like emotionally bubble wrap his mom. Like he's trying to hide this from her too. Which but is like he does she doesn't know anyway, yeah. which would be it would be kind of freaky. Yeah, <laughs> but, but he has to send mom out of the house so he can bury his cat. cat. And I was like, mm. what a badass and also how terrifying. <laughs> well, uh and so I caught this when we were watching season one. Uh he said my parents, and so that means I don't think they thought about it, but I think Dustin's mom and dad were together then because the impression oh. I got in season two was it's just his mom and him. Mm-hmm. Um, which honestly, I kind of feel it's a, it makes Dustin, it makes, it is a little bit more understanding of how Dustin is, how he is. Mm-hmm. But oh man, like I, I really like Dustin a lot. I mean, I like all the boys a lot. And also, kind of just say that the way they handled the love triangle between Max, Lucas, and Dustin, Dustin. I really like how they did that too, mm-hmm. which. Because I figured, oh, man, this is going to break the group apart. And by the end of it, it's like, you know what, it man? It's just like a light I'm, awkwardness. I'm frustrated with you kind yeah. of thing. But you know what? It's it's okay. And it kind of passed across. He was like, I saw her first. It's like, it has nothing. Oh, dude. No, no. But but also, he made the, because he was following Steve's advice, mm-hmm. he made the mistake to be too much of a dick. And here's the thing. With the girls you really want, that never works. Right. If if you're an idiot and you're trying to get with idiot girls, that, in my opinion, I, I've done that once and it worked in the moment I turned the switch on to become me. Mm-hmm. It was dropped instantly. It was horrible. Ugh. I had a friend who was a ra- former radio DJ and uh, I worked for him because I used to DJ and, and he would always like, dude, you're just way too nice. You got to be an asshole and you'll get laid. And because and back then, that's all I cared about mm-hmm. was I need to get laid. Mm-hmm. It was the worst. And one time we went to Brothers, which is the worst place to go anyway, mm-hmm. unless you want to do that. Um, but he was just like, look, here's what you do. Um, you don't ask her questions. Don't I mean, just be an asshole. Be a snob, and I'm like, no, I can't do that. And for probably an, and for about an hour and a half, I did this, and she would follow me around and talk to me. And then the moment I was like, you know what, I'm doing good with this. Let me actually ask. I was like, and I asked asked her a question that she didn't start first, and then she just dropped me. And it wasn't like a a Nick question, like, do you watch Lost? <laughs> Nothing like that. It was a. It was like I think it's like, so where do you where do you work at? You know, what what, what do you do for a living? And she just gave a response and then and walked away and I didn't see the rest of the night. It oh was my God. The wor- and I'm That's like, insane. this is insane. And so I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm not built for this. Give me script and I'm good. <laughs> if I have to do this without it, I'm going to die. So, um, but yeah, he, Dustin was too mean. Well, I mean, here's the thing too. She might not have actually been attracted to Dustin anyway. Mm. But that's beside the point. The point is, is that the way they handled that relationship, I thought was really nice. Mm-hmm. I really liked it a lot because usually in normal, and if this was a network show, that season would end with that group would be splintered as fuck. Oh, which, which I'm kind of glad. Oh, okay, let, were you upset by the ending of this of the season? How they kind of ended things, and the only twist they give you is 
the shadow monster, the mind flayer is fucking watching the school and probably Eleven kind of pissed? Or did it you felt? Uh oh, <laughs> she's taking the glasses off, folks. She's rubbing her eyes. This is, looks like it's going to be an answer here. It was so wrapped up, and it, you see this happen with shows all the time, and mm-hmm. it's why I predict people will. I think people are going to get real tired of superhero movies soon because you can only save the world so many fucking times before it doesn't feel like... Well, Thor and Guardians 2 didn't save Earth. Well, no, Guardians 2 saved Earth. Guardians 1 didn't save Earth. I fear that, too. (laughs) So, like, I feel like we went from season one was a single Demogorgon. Yeah. Season two was, like... 13 Demogorgons and the Puppet Master of the Shadow Realm. Yeah. And the solution was the rift between the two worlds has been closed. So... For now. So we could explore the other children with abilities Mm -hmm. from Eleven's, like, lab, but what makes Stranger Things Stranger Things is the horror, the macabre, and the kind of supernatural element. Mm -hmm. And you really get that from the upside down. And the Duffer Brothers balance between human villains and supernatural villains. And if you don't have the upside down, then you don't have what makes um, Stranger Things unique. You Mm -hmm. don't have what the boys use mapping D&D characters to, which we never saw them play D&D in season two, but we only heard them talk about it. So everybody on the team, you know, you get the Zoomer who's not a D&D role. Do you you feel also that Dustin is the guy that's like hanging on to the D&D stuff a little bit too much? I think so. And I think that it's it's to show them growing up a little bit, even though like D&D is for all ages, but I think they're trying like, oh, we're going to talk to girls and like... Well, I mean, because that, that is the progression of things mm-hmm. usually. Like, you might not stop loving it, mm-hmm. but you're afraid to tell people that because, you know what, or it's just like, I could be working on uh, Farrah fastening my hair <laughs> and instead of, uh, exactly. again, I think Dustin would be the one, he would just be like, I'll Farrah Fawcett it later, let's role play. Yeah. I feel for him. I feel the other three might be, Mike would be, where's Eleven? Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I would be interested to see if they could get Eleven to play. That to me would just be—it's cool. more than anything. It's a comedy sketch, but yeah. Um, uh, sorry, but I know I agree. Basically, I agree. the way that they wrapped it up is there's currently no contact between the worlds. Mm-hmm. They went from a single demogorgon to saving the entire fucking planet, basically, like fighting the entirety of the upside down that we know of. That's true. So, okay, okay. Like, how much bigger is the monster going to get that conceivably a ragtag band of kids can still defeat? Um, because you still want the upside down. The upside down has to, in some way, still incorporate in the storyline. Mm-hmm. So if you go just like psychic past, which apparently that was people's least favorite episode, was the kind of like I, standalone episode. Like I remember watching it because yeah, I want. Let's talk about that too. Mm-hmm. So in middle, I think it's episode seven. Mm-hmm. The, the the complete story breaks from it goes back into the cold intro to the entire season which is uh another one of uh elevens and i say it in quotation sisters yeah um i think it's number eight yes uh, yeah number eight um and her powers she can uh make your mind or eye mind's eye see so like even though you're going under a bridge she can project in your in one person's mind maybe all their minds that the bridge is collapsing mm-hmm. and then when you get out and look at it and she stops using it the bridge is fine mm-hmm. And it's a little different than Elevens. Um, I feel Elevens is kind of all encompassing, uh, mm-hmm. which is cool too. But that's very unique. And 
I remember watching it. I'm like, where is this going? I don't love this. But then in retrospect, and, and watching as the show as a whole, the season as a whole, I appreciate it. Because I know that they were setting the seeds for season three. Because I, it's going to come down to an every, a lot of people are going to die, of course. I feel it's going to be it's going to be this army of kids versus the upside down mm-hmm. is what it's going to lead into mm-hmm. with some adults along the way, like Hopper, mm-hmm. Joyce, Jonathan, Nancy, Steve. And I think Billy's going to be a, he's going to be the human bad guy along with, and they, and the Duffers actually, which I thought was stupid of them. They've come out in an interview, said that Matthew Modine's character is still alive. Like the one guy said, who Papa, from the first season. Oh, really? Yeah, remember, uh, he's a character actor. I don't know his name. Uh, he's always a remember, larger actor. I can't remember how he died. In well, the Demogorgon jumped on him and started ripping him apart. Oh. And you just see bl- and you see blood splatter on the wall as it jumps on him, but they cut away real quick and you never wouldn't see it, a body. Wouldn't it be interesting if he's the giant shadow master? Like somehow his, that he's would be been cool. absorbed into. Because that's very much his role with in season the one, children yeah. mm-hmm. in the lab. That would be cool. And I actually, I agree with that. That would mm-hmm. be really Really fucking neat, um, but that I'm not gonna say that I felt that was bad form on their part. Yeah, so t- I, I'm sure they're trying to weigh the frenzy of because when I was done, I was like, "Where's season three? Mm-hmm. But bros. But that I thought I really liked that standalone episode because yeah. at the end of season one, you saw Eleven kill grown men. Like yes, she she killed adults. Yeah, I, well, in she, any if she had killed a kid, it would have been just as serious. But she committed I, murder. murder, and um, she, I, and and you really don't think, in my opinion, she understands what she just goes. I'm protecting people. I'm protecting myself. She doesn't power, understand power, the yeah. humanity of what she's done. Exactly, and I think that this is as if she had gone into the future and contended with a potential future that, like, I could be like a renegade. I agree, yeah, and a renegade murder gang. And I think that you had it's to true, watch though. her. She grappled with both her past and her future mm-hmm. in her arc in this season and finding Mama, seeing yeah. what the true cost of messing with the labs can be that they like completely destroyed her mother's mind. Like there's worse things than dying. And like the whole like we basically unlocked her origin story and then she got to see look into the future. And if I want to be violent and if I want to kill and if I want to give into my power based on rage what does that get me? And she is much more powerful when she is trying to protect than when she is trying to destroy. And I think that's what you see. Like, pulling that train car towards herself, she said, you know, tap into your fear and your anger. Tap into your anger. And that whole group is about killing out of revenge. Which yes. they've been, they have been wronged, but, like, it's still murder. So you get that moment where... That's true. Eleven has to connect the humanity to the deed she's doing, where she's yes. trying to vengefully kill this man, and she knows that he has children. And, and she can't do that. I think that was a really necessary episode. I think oh, you could have done I agree it differently. 100%. I loved it, though. I know a lot of people hated it, but well, I loved it. When I was watching it, it was just more like, this This feels very out of tone with the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. And it was that's a genre what, shift. It was a complete genre shift. And but in context of the whole show, I would never have them change one thing about it. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I really I, I actually I'm actually looking forward to watching it again to seeing just actually to really enjoy it now, because it was one of those ones where my first thought was that would be my first thought by default is that was a weak episode. But I can't say that. I mm-hmm. can't say it because I actually now appreciate for what it's doing. And it's and it's not just setting up season three. It really isn't. It's. It's all if Eleven doesn't have that moment, and also in a way, it and Hopper. This is the, and I feel this is more tragedy 
um, the injustice is Hopper can't really see that she's made that choice. And he might, she might tell him that in between the time jumper, whatever. And again, Hopper fails so hard at it, but he's trying so hard too. Is he's trying to teach her about, you know, I'm trying to help you become normal, yeah, as best you can. The important part about um, Hopper, general asshole, being her father figure, yeah, is that he is so filled with pride. You see him come close to, but he never achieves being legitimately afraid of her. And I think that's what would destroy a parent-child relationship with her in any other context is being afraid of her because that teaches her that she is a monster. And so what you see is she's becoming increasingly and increasingly violent with him. She's, you know, becoming a teenager. She's throwing tantrums, all of that. But Mm -hmm. then she goes on her own pilgrimage to kind of like discover what lies at the end of violence for people like her i mean that moment where she blows all the windows out Mm -hmm. and his first thought was he's like hey you don't do that yeah like and i i i don't think he says anything about the door slamming even though he doesn't like that either because he's like open this door but then when she breaks all the windows he's like you don't do that Mm -hmm. that you you don't do that at all like that's clean this the fuck up clean this the fuck up by the time i get home Mm -hmm. and now granted hopper does the typical parenting thing too which is i'll be home by this time and he doesn't get home on time Mm -hmm. and to tie this back into what you said earlier so we were unknowingly in an algebra problem the whole time oh my god math boom parents back then in the 80s were kind of like that really see my parents my mom was a helicopter mom she was a mix between joyce and dustin's mom Mm -hmm. who i don't remember her her mom's name given in the show but uh, they were a mix between those two which is i wasn't allowed out to ride my bikes out like all the other kids Mm -hmm. um they were allowed to ride their bikes they were allowed to walk on the railroad tracks and i was not allowed Mm -hmm. and um and and so when i watched i'm like oh this is this is heavenly nostalgia just dipped over me like honey but then i just go oh my god joyce is my mom a little bit um i don't think she'd go i think she would at some point give up like joyce i think goes the extra mile Mm -hmm. my mom i don't know i'm just saying like it's that weird like oh honey do you need money let me give you some money dustin Mm -hmm. or yeah i'll get up for you mom come on Mm -hmm. yeah it's that weird mix between but parents in general like i feel like my dad up until a certain point was mike's dad now granted my mom and dad love each other very much not Mm -hmm. in that way just for it's like weird it's like my dad truly thinks this way and still believes it now your work ethic is not that great son because uh, if you were in football you would have learned a good work ethic <laughs> i'm like but it's kind of that weird saying in the first episode yeah. he says to mike and mike and everyone on the table was like what the fuck are you talking about he, yeah and he's like well you weren't even on the it's like you've been benched son in my cases you i would have taken you off the team what <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> it's the same yeah I feel a lot of parents back then were very helicopter. Mm. Not, they're not helicopter. Well, nowadays it's like, oh my god, and, and also the media, and it, and they should be because especially right now with all the gun violence and stuff going, mm. people picking up kids. There were doors were unlocked, yeah, and the houses and shit like that. So, so I I grew up in a weird gray. Nice parentheses. Thank you. Um, Continue. I grew up in a weird gray area where I'm an only child. Yeah, you. Me too. Me too. My parents left me home alone from the age of six. Um, I'm, oh, I'm 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 jealous on my end, but continue because so you might they would twist like, it on me. They would like go for a walk for an hour, and I'd just be home alone. And I didn't learn until like several years ago that that's very very young to leave someone home alone. But I never had babysitters. Man. I also didn't have a cell phone growing up, so I wasn't that's one of the nice. kids who was allowed to like ride their bike around in the neighborhood. But you have to call or whatever. I grew up in a series of small towns in Ohio where you don't lock your doors, mm-hmm. and yep. it was like my parents would just expect me to be home by dark, and I grew 
grew up very independently. My parents are very independent, mm. and they care about me, but they trusted me. That was my relationship with my parents. So my parents didn't trust I, me. <laughs> I distinctly remember um, one time I was still underage. Yeah, and um, there's no drinking in my household. My my yeah, that was- father doesn't drink. I'd never seen alcohol in my home growing up. So one one day, I think I was summers between college and I was going to, or uh, it was winter break between my first year of college. So I was still underage. I was like 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to a, a New Year's party. And my parents handed me a bottle of wine. And they said, take this to your delinquent friends. Someone gave it to us and we're not going to drink it. And we know you won't drink it, but you can take it to your party. It's pretty rad. That is what my relationship, I mean, and like there were pluses and minuses, but like I grew up in this gray area where like my parents cared about me and they worried about me and they're weird about stuff. Like I wasn't allowed to eat candy or drink pop except on Saturdays and I wasn't allowed to pierce my ears. And this is the fat man in front of you. That's probably a good thing. I still got cavities. So whenever, but um, there was like weird stuff. There's always parent stuff, Stuff, but like seeing the parents in stranger things to me always feels like the two opposite ends of the spectrum. And I'm like, my parents were like in the middle. I don't understand this, but it's weird. Like I knew parents who were like Mike's parents, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then I, my parents were in the middle between, you know, Joyce and Dustin's mom and my dad, like, was one-fourth Mike's dad. <laughs> but, like, a lot of kids back then, they would ride their bikes everywhere and just do whatever the fuck they wanted. And mm-hmm. I was always jealous of that because I had to call. Mm-hmm. And if I messed up, I was grounded for two weeks. Mm. And sometimes, like, you know, you get carried away. And actually, I still have that problem today. My wife is like, Nick, I love you, but... Uh, you say you're going to leave by this time, but uh, that's not what's going to happen. You're going to get, you're going to lose track of time, and then you're going to call me asking if it's okay that I'm late, and I'm going to say, of course, sure. But how about we just just know that it's going to happen beforehand? And I said, <laughs> damn it, okay, okay. No, actually, it was like touche because yeah. I mean it's shit. But um, I, yeah, uh, my parents didn't have to give me a curfew until I was 17, so like my last year of high school, because I would just come home. And they, we well, never had to discuss, like, I need to be home by X If you don't hour. mind me asking, was it something bad happened in the neighborhood that you're like, you know what, we would like you to maybe come home by this time? No. Um, or if it's too personal, you don't my, have no, to. No, no, no. I'm about to tell you. So okay. my, I, I didn't get a curfew until because I would just come home whenever and it sure. always seemed reasonable. And I had a job. I had two jobs all through high school. So, like, I was always working and stuff, too. But um, my out. last year of high school, my friends and I went to... A hockey game because a couple of our friends were on a hockey team, sure. a roller hockey team. This is slightly less cool. Uh, yeah. Sorry, babe, love you. Um, and <laughs> he's he's not gonna listen to this. But, um, so my my wife doesn't. It started it. snowing and it was like a terrible snowstorm and the roads got really bad really quickly and I was like team mom so i made sure everybody got home and i drove super slow and super careful and dropped everybody off at their houses and made like made them call me when they got inside and all that and so i got home i know it's it's a fucking injustice i got home at like 11 o'clock at night because i had been driving slowly it was a school night but i've been driving slowly trying to make sure all my friends got home safe and my parents were like you i can't believe you would come home this late this is the first time i'd ever come home past like 9 30 or something do you feel like they were just like look we gotta have one on our we gotta get a point on our team because cast has been rocking it (laughs) these past 17 years uh, so uh cat you're grounded one time (laughs) i remember in high school one time my dad walked into my room and like my mom and I, I tried to move out when I was 16, like cats and dogs, like did not oh, get along at all. Mm. And uh, my dad came in 
to my room one day and they my dad has always treated me like a tiny adult no matter what age I was I've always That's been nice. like a creature with logic and reason and he has always appealed to that as he said I was not like raising a child I was forming a future citizen which is like kind of like a supervillain way of thinking of having children <laughs> yes yes it is um but, twisting my mustache <laughs> sorry <laughs> I remember he he came into my room once and he sat down and he said you're at the age where you have now seen through the illusion of parenting and you know that uh, Jesus, we cannot awesome. we cannot make you do anything. Once you get keys to a car, you're an adult, even if you're not 18. We can't force you not to use the computer. We can't force you to do your homework. We can't force you to stay home. So if we ask you to do something and you do it, it is because you respect us and you understand that we've asked you to do that because we think it's the best thing for you. <sighs> And so that was the understanding I always had with them. I don't know your parents directly, but I'm shipping them really hard right now. <laughs> I mean, I understand you had, you know, cats and dogs fighting with sure. your mom, but your dad sounds pretty boss. <laughs> uh, uh, my dad's old school, like, 70s sci-fi nerd, like... My dad is a little too, yeah. Real, like, didn't have any friends, because he was, like, just super smart, and did the general public was not worth his time, so, and, like... So this is what I don't get about my dad. He talks to everybody, and everybody knows him, but, like... I never have really known him to have friends, and if so, mm-hmm. it's just more like it's that dude I work with. It's like an it's a acquaintance, really, really. Yeah. But I, I, I there it's is weird a, to me. It's like there's a generational like there's this gap before like nerds became mainstream. Yeah. That if you weren't like one of the good old boys, like the formula was That's still true. like go home, take care of your family, like go to work, go that kind of watch football to the family. Yeah. Out. So yeah. like. My dad's not into sports, and my dad didn't have, like, a bunch of, like, college buddies, and my dad didn't drink, so, like, he didn't have the social platforms that, like, but then, I don't know, the internet wasn't as big as it is now. Yes. I mean, it still existed, but he couldn't afford a computer, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. So he just exists in this gray zone where, like, he doesn't listen to music, he doesn't, like, have friends. It's really weird. He just, like, hangs out with my mom. No, like, no, he likes my no. mom. My dad did listen to music because he would listen to sticks. Matter of fact, uh, we got a CD player. And my... So... Uh, my first CD was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movie. Second CD Wayne's World. Third CD Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> You're seeing a thing here. But my dad, first thing he's like, I really want the Moody Blues sound CD, like bestest his Moody Blues, and then the Holy Grail, Holy Grails, because apparently it just got released one Christmas, mm-hmm. back when CDs were still fresh and new and exciting. Mm-hmm. Was uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. My mom hates Neil Young, <laughs> and so. The Anne Young, like, but he would listen to that and sticks all the time. So it's kind of to the point now where, like, if I hear, and I can now appreciate those bands and actually enjoy them, I couldn't stand it. But my dad would listen to music. My dad was also weird because he he collected comic books, like, kind of like Mark Hamill into his, mm-hmm. like, 20s, and then he stopped. But he also didn't take care of them because he was like, these are things I read. Yeah. And I don't think people know that I read them, and it's okay. <laughs> but he would watch Star Trek, like oh, my mad, dad loves like Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, it's so. But my butt, this is where it goes. Oh, mm-hmm. weird. My dad loves football. <laughs> he loves that's sports, okay. and that's okay. But like, it's a, it's a very mm-hmm. interesting. Like, cause he was like a linebacker or something mm-hmm. in high school. In high school, my. Oh, I, I feel horrible saying this. My take is my dad was Steve. This is where Aww. I peak is with the football team dad, and no. I know everybody. <laughs> now, and the thing is I love my dad dearly because uh favorite memory of, of my dad ever and he still hasn't beat it 
is uh, actually there's one close, but it has nothing to do with movies. Mm-hmm. Geek wise. I didn't have uh, all my friends were in college at Otterbein, Jimmy, Nathan and all of them. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to really hang out with them too much except for the weekends. But oh, you've known them like a long I've known time. Them a long time since high school. Uh, so but Lord of the Rings came out and no one would no one had time to watch yeah. it with me opening weekend. Mm-hmm. And so, no, it wasn't opening weekend. I was that guy who was like, fuck Lord of the Rings. I don't know anything about it, but mm-hmm. fuck it. And then it's like, oh, a month in, this is still the number one movie. Maybe I should, as a movie nerd, go see it. And I mm-hmm. saw and so my dad came with me like he does. And I remember halfway through, like probably 10 minutes, and I was like, damn it, I'm going to like this movie a lot. And I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. My dad, though, hated going to it. He told my mom. But then, but during the movie, he's at the end of it, and he's like leaning forward in his seat at Lennox, like, what's going to happen? <gasps> like, and then when it goes, Sam and Frodo are walking mm-hmm. towards the, the Mount Doom. Yeah. Honest music then join. Yeah. And my dad's like, and it says to be continued. He's like, that's not the fucking end of the story. And my dad doesn't cuss. And he's like, actually, he's like, that's the not the end of the damn story. Well, that's some shit. Like that. And and I was like, yes. So yeah. I don't think he liked the Hobbit movies as much, but yeah, Lord of the Rings, he was like, that's my favorite memory of my dad. And but yeah, so it's weird though. Like he he does that the geeky stuff but then he's really football right but it's kind of that weird time and I never hear him talk about friends mm. um, back then when I was growing up it was kind of bizarre um, same thing with my mom actually my mom didn't have friends and I think I scared them all away because <laughs> I was a little shit well I didn't like them and so my mom just this is where this is bad my mom then fell in the story. She's like, well, I just cut you out of my life because my son doesn't like you. And I'm like, you don't do that. In no. retrospect, in retrospect, you don't do that. You just like, you just don't hang out with my sons around. I mean, if or my, fuck my son, if my cat didn't like someone, I would probably not trust them. So I get it. <laughs> <laughs> because in this scenario, I am a cat. Well, I don't have Actually, any... human beings are like cats a lot. They, they're unpredictable. <laughs> Listen, they're the other day, um, my boyfriend and I woke up at the exact same time and normally it's just like one of us takes a shower and then yeah. the other one just is like whatever. So we only have one bathroom in our house and we have a roommate yeah. and we both got ready at the same time and both the cats were in the bathroom. So like one of the cats is pawing at the door. One of them is between the shower curtains. I'm in the shower. He's brushing his teeth. And after we were done getting ready, I looked at him and I said, now imagine both of our cats are toddlers and we have to feed them and get them to school. <laughs> Oh Jesus! And we are so grateful that we have cats. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're trying for a kid. Yeah. I'm I, I, I'm excited, but I'm well. Here's the thing, and this is where and I'm sure jocks feel the same way. It's like, what if my kids are nerd and I don't mm-hmm. like anything? And it's the same way. It's like, what if they like sports? And I have to go all their sports games and all that. And that's but when it's your kid. I know, and that's what everybody says. And I I'm just I but but I am. I told Sarah's like I think isn't it sad that fuck everything else I'm really looking forward to the moment I can sit down with them and I'll videotape the reaction to Empire Strikes Back because that to me is just like we have reached the status of being an awesome dad <laughs> even if you hate the movie if we get up to that point I'll be okay there's so much stuff that just like doesn't hold up though like um in, in Harry, Star Wars like or, any oh. nerd in all of nerd. Oh, okay okay like, uh, I remember Eli had never seen Star Wars and he'd never seen Back to the Future and during college uh, if you're gonna, Nick if, just oh, died. I I'm just speaking died. with please, this ghost. Please don't destroy so Back to the Future during, for me. No, I won't. I won't. Okay, but yeah. during college, like all of his guy friends and I made him sit down and we watched all of them. Yeah. And he just didn't really like Back to the Future. And I think that 
like I have trouble watching like 80s, 70s, and 80s movies sometimes because mm-hmm. it's campy and it's low quality and the acting is yeah. bad because it's a different like well, acting like, well, has it's, evolved. It's like William Shatner. William Shatner, people made fun of him for the longest time, and it's so weird to watch William Shatner and the the transition between. The Star Trek movies, like mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the good ones, like the odd ones where people make fun of him for bad acting, uh, mm-hmm. that whole thing. But then you watch Boston Legal, and he hasn't changed, and people are just like, not really. Mm-hmm. He he's maybe toned it down a little bit, but it's 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 Shill Shatner. But now he's like he won Emmys for it. People are coming. It's like, hey, you should be in our new movie with Sandra Bullock, Miss Congeniality, and you're like. What are you doing becoming popular again? <laughs> and the thing is, I like Shatner a lot. He's an asshole. But I don't think he's a horrible actor. I just think that he was a product of his time. Mm-hmm. And But that's it's a wonderful study of, of that, too. But the 80s is, oh, my God, the action comedy horror thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's the same with it's the same with lots of things like um, Harry Potter. A lot of people can read Harry Potter over and over and over again. Yeah. I read them as they came out. Like, I have distinct memories as a child, like third grade, reading the third Harry Potter book, sitting by myself on one of those railroad ties, and just reading reading the book by myself at... You're now rubbing in the railroad thing, aren't you now? I couldn't go on the railroad tracks, you're sitting on the railroad tie. No, you know how they put them around, like playgrounds? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I take that back. I I feel a little bit better. I feel a little better. No, no, I was waiting to hop the next train. (laughs) (laughs) With your your little knapsack on your back. That's right. That's right. Where are we? What is happening? (laughs) Apparently, that was my... There are no parentheses. uh, These are all imaginary numbers. You all can't see me, but I was mimicking... Uh, miming a knapsack on my back like the little spindle mm-hmm. in the stick and then I made a weird thumb suck and then put it out like I'm like I'm hij- you know like a hitchhiker on a fucking train because that makes sense um, sorry oh but, but yeah I have tried rereading the Harry Potter books as an adult and they don't hold up as well um, only me nobody else I know has this problem because I think we like nostalgia is a fucking drug honestly but like god rest my soul I just don't think they're well written and they're not as good as an adult as they were as a child and it being magical. I'm curious about this because I've heard other people kind of, how far did you get when you were, did you reread all of them and then go like, uh, or no, you just couldn't do it. I don't it. even remember. I think sometimes I've just picked up the books and opened them and try, tried to read them like my I, favorites. I feel like um, someone told me that the first few books, the ones that are particularly childish, I think it's <laughs> up until Goblet of Fire when uh, Cedric dies because then mm-hmm. the book gets more adult. Mm-hmm. That whole book is just the writing style is completely not different, but it's a little bit more adult, mm-hmm. and so it's not like dumbing down. Well, I'm so like, I'm curious about that. Well, I'm like I'm 100 percent Harry Potter generation because I came of age the same time yeah. Harry Potter did. You're not so, the Goonie generation. What? You're not the Goonie generation. Not really. Right. No, I'm yeah. I'm Harry Potter generation through mm-hmm. and through. I read the second book in second grade. I read the third book in third grade. And when I was 18, Harry was 18, and I remember reading the last books, and I thought. Oh, I'm too old for them. Because reading the last book, I was like, this is not great. Oh, wow. But there is an alternate truth. And that truth is that I'm a hater. And I was born to be a hater. But it took me a while to grow into being a hater. And it is possible. And I'm just a hater. And Harry Potter is still classic and good. But if you've ever asked me about my opinion on something, like if you ask me for my opinion, I'm like, here's a list of 17 million horrible things. So, Well, I do remember um, I asked you for your opinion once back when we were doing Sketchy Sex. And it was over a movie, and it was, and your response was, um, I hope I'm saying this correctly, using it correctly. He's like, it was a little innocuous of just like you weren't really committed, you were not committal. 
mm-hmm. innocuously noncommittal. And then, like, I think a year or so later, it came up naturally in one of our little shindigs. And, and you're like, I fucking hate that. I'm like, <laughs> what? Why couldn't you just say it? She's like, I don't know. I just didn't feel like wanting to tell you that then. And I'm like, okay. And, I, and that's fine. I, you know, you have your truths, and that's okay when you reveal them. But um, it was just, it was really, yeah. Okay, so Jimmy, he does not like the Goonies. Okay. But he didn't watch, and that's fine, but, but he didn't it's watch interesting, it he didn't watch it as a kid. That's it. It would show on HBO all the time, and I don't think I really watched it either up until I was like 12, but like, and, I, and technically, um, that's a little bit too old to really truly get in to enjoy the Goonies. Mm-hmm. I remember watching clips of them and go, oh, that's uh, that's the kid, that's uh, Short Round from Temple of Doom, which mm. I love Temple of Doom. I know it's not the best Indiana Jones film, but I also know that it's, it's him being 100% pulpy, mm-hmm. while I think Raiders and whatever... Are like I feel those two are Spielberg movies and Temple of Doom is a Lucas movie. Take that what you will. Take just fucking chug your drink because I knock ramble about those. But point is, is like uh, Jimmy also never saw Jaws up until like he was in college, and mm-hmm. I I was I actually wish I was I wish I had a cell phone to record it because the moment everyone jumps and because he's like this movie's okay. Just like ten minutes into, it. he's like, "This movie's okay. It's it's okay." And then the moment when the head pops out of the boat, he shrieked like a little fucking girl. And I'm like, "You can't take that away from me. I don't care if you fucking hate the movie. It scared the shit out of you. Fuck you." It, Spielberg did what he was meant to do. Anyway, you know what? So '80s. The fear is that when yeah. you show nostalgia your children yeah. the Star Wars movies, they may not be, be good, good anymore. Don't you dare! And you know what? If Episode One through Three is their favorite, I will cry. <laughs> I won't the ones really. with Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the first movies that I saw in theaters. Uh, see, and, and and that's cool. I, I You know what I mean? Like, Just that, because that's your that's, experience. my dad was like, oh, Star Wars movies. And like he finally got to go see them in theaters again. And mm-hmm. then they were horrible. Oh, um, but <laughs> Poor dad. I haven't even seen the last two. He hated that One last. so much. Yeah. Which Wait, was Rogue the... One? Rogue One is the one he didn't like? Or Force Awakens? Force Awakens. He hated Force Awakens. Because the thing that made Star Wars fucking magic to him when he was the young like classic 70s nerd that he was Mm -hmm. was that no one had ever conceived of a fucking story like this one the lightsabers my dad is the kind of psychopath when he when he reads a book he reads the first 10 pages and then the last 10 pages because that's cool he's not he doesn't want to be like worried about the twist or the plot. He wants the joy of the way the story is written. The journey. The, the, the tale. And no one had ever come up with fucking lightsabers or spaceship battles like this one before. And mm-hmm. that's why Star Wars was amazing. And what Star Wars did with the new movie, I assume, I haven't fucking seen it. That's right, we Facebook talked about that yeah, one time, yeah. Is that they're bringing, they're trying to get a whole new generation to enjoy and love Star Wars. They told the Star Wars story over again. It was the exact same movie, according to my dad. He's not wrong. And that's why he didn't like it, because the magic to him of Star Wars is it's this insane, you know, just like we were talking about in the beginning, Mm -hmm. world building and just dropping someone into a world. You you don't have to always explain everything. There is no exposition. It's the mystery of exploring this new world. Yeah. And no one had ever seen that world or been there before. And I don't disagree with that at all. This story wasn't new and that's why he didn't like it. So touching on nostalgia, Mm -hmm. I'm going to loop it back around. Get ready for it. I'm ready. Goonie star Sean Astin, who plays Bob the Brain. Bob the Brain. Oh no, I can't reach it. Well, and can I tell you something? Yeah. 
You gotta go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so let's wrap this up real quick. Bob the Brain. This will be our last thing we talk about. So beautiful. Okay. F- two episodes in, I was like, I do not. It's kind of like I do not want to fucking hate Sean Astin, and you are that going to be that asshole who's going to fuck shit up, and and then and then especially when he gives the advice to Will, it's like you know what? That's when I Bad turn advice. around. Well, he didn't know really. Mm-hmm. And I think if he knew there was a giant fucking weird mind frayer monster, he wouldn't tell him that then. He mm-hmm. would say, You run to your mom and me or somebody. <laughs> you run to fucking Hawkins Lab. Mm-hmm. But he didn't know that. So, and, I, and when he said that, I was like, You fucker, you need to die. And then probably about episode three or four, I was like, But I really like Bob. And then the whole last episode, he's running, and I was like, I I know he's gonna die. Sacrificial lamb. I know he's gonna die. I don't want him to die. You know what? They're not gonna kill him. They're not gonna kill. Him. Like the show completely fooled my logical writer brain and be like this won't happen for a second. Mm-hmm. And then the moment he stopped, I was like, and it was like slow motion. I was like, you piece of shit. <laughs> and then he just stopped because he looked at Joyce. And I was like. I literally, I, if you saw me on Twitter, I said, fuck you, Stranger Things. That's what happened when that happened. Because I was like, I literally stopped. I was like, Sarah was getting ready for work because that's it was that episode. Mm-hmm. That Friday, I was like, no, 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 no. Don't do this. Don't do this because I like him now. And she's like, what's going on? You know, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I was like, I had to stop the episode. I was like, this is and I, Twitter. Fuck you, Stranger Things too. Fuck that. Anyway. Sorry. Game of Thrones spoiled me. I think anyone should be able to die. And I, as soon no, as they add a new character, I was like, if anybody dies this season, it's going to be fucking Bob. It's going to be, you know what? Bob, Max, and mm-hmm. Billy, they're all going to mm-hmm. die. Well, I think it'd be really interesting if one of the kids died. I think, well, but they did say in interviews, L was going to probably die. And then they said, no, let's not do that. And so now I'm like, well, now I kind of know you're probably going to kill L at, mm-hmm. off at some point. But mm-hmm. I think it'd be interesting if it was one of the boys. But the thing is, is that I don't... It'd have to be Will. It'd have to be, no, don't kill Will. Or if Will does it, it'd have to be, it should be, it should be a sacrifice play. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I see it actually probably being more Mike. He was like 0% interesting this season. He wasn't. <laughs> well, and they, he talked about that behind. He's like, I really didn't, I wasn't really into anything because I was mopey yeah. up until emo, 11. Emo, emo Mike. Emo Mike, him. yeah. I was like, okay. So, uh, but I love Bob. I mean, Sean Astin's pretty great to like in general. I didn't but... know why I recognized him. I'd only seen him in Lord of the Rings. Oh. And that had been so long ago, and he was such a redhead, that I was just like, this person is so familiar. And then I was like, is he an actor I know who gained weight? Is so he an actor I know I who Can I say something that's frustrating? Weight? Is that he's the voice of Raphael in the new Ninja Turtle show, which is weird. If When you hear it, and you're like, oh, yeah, but he mm-hmm. does a weird thing with his voice, which is cool. But he runs all the time. And you know he, what? And, and, but but it's, it's, it's the human body, man. It's fucked up. Running like running is uh, not good for losing weight, which is I guess why it's my oh. favorite form of exercise. Because basically, like that. the human body is amazing, and your body is, is just like acclimates. Like running, is, we're supposed to be able to run. So like when you're hunting down your meal or whatever. Okay. Um. So like, w- eventually you don't lose weight from running. Your body is just like in stasis. So like. You can just be like powerful and also have body fat. That's That's, a real thing. Fuck body shaming. You can be super in good shape and still be a little thick. Well, I didn't know that. So Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, the dude runs marathons all the time. And I was just like, 
because when he first started, he got like Fifty First Dates good looking. He oh, was yeah? he was the brother. If you ever watch, he's actually not I've a bad seen movie. Fifty First he's Dates. He's the the hunked up brother all the time. That's, oh, that's, yeah, I'm saying really bizarre. Yeah, I think he did that right after Lord of the Rings. He's big fat mm-hmm. Samwise Gamgee, and then he's super buffed up. Mm-hmm. Lean. Yeah, that uh, I will say that I told Becky this because I think you weren't at the Halloween party before. I, I left by that point to go to work. Oh yeah, I didn't get to the Halloween party. Oh, you didn't? Real late. Well, it's okay. Becky though. Mm-hmm. Rudy is really good. I'll let, I'll let that be. Mm. It's a good Sean Astin movie. Um, okay. Okay. So anyway, Stranger Things two. Do we like it? Do we suggest other people to watch it? One hundo. Yes. Uh, what? What? One hundo. One hundred. One hundred percent. That's what I thought. I was like, maybe it's a new thing I don't understand. No, I do not know the slang or the hash bags. I only know what I have to say. Ladies and gentlemen, two people whose fi- pulses, uh, fingers are one hundred percent on the pulse of today's world. All right. Kat, thank you so much for doing this show. And uh, uh, Red Rooster, which just wrapped up. The blooper reel's now out. Now, actually, it was two weeks ago at this point when mm. it happened. So you watched the entire series of Red Rue. Yeah. Um, uh, YouTube.com slash Red Rue series. Boom. Yep. Oh, it's awesome. It is awesome. I'm, I'm three episodes from the end. So I, Woo! Yeah, so I'm waiting It's about for to get spicy. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks, Kat. Get out of here without cheese! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers! Uh, go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place!